The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Consider the fig tree and all the other trees. When their buds burst open, you see for yourselves and know that summer is now near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The Gospel of the Lord. Our first reading from the book of the prophet Daniel presents us with a remarkable series of visions. And it's important that we understand that the prophet is serious as he writes that it is a series of visions, not just one, but several that follow one upon the other, these visions during the night. And the style of writing that we have before us in this first reading is something that has been long recognized as and referred to as apocalyptic writing. The word apocalypse does not mean destructive end of the world. That's what popular culture has reduced it to. The word literally means revelation, which is why the last book of the Bible is called in some traditions the apocalypse and in other traditions the book of Revelation. The word apocalypse does not mean end, it means revealed. But it's precisely a revelation of those hidden things that pertain to the end. And that is what we have before us here. This vision with its strange beasts and its culminating moment of the arrival of one like a son of man pointing ahead and trying to understand the movement of history and where it is going and how it works. So just like we saw in the stories earlier this week, where the king would have his dreams of the statues of various materials, so now there's something different here, something much more aggressive. We see that the, the ocean itself is being stirred up. And the waters in their agitation bring forth creatures. Because one of the ancient symbols in the Bible of chaos and destruction is water. In our modern day, we speak of water in very positive terms. But in the idiom of the Bible, oftentimes water is used to refer to that which is destructive, threatening, unruly and out of all control. And one of the classic statements of the Lordship of God is that he places his throne on the waters, over the waters, because he is the only one that can master them. And so it is we see then out of chaos, out of that which is disordered, destructive, and out of control, things emerge. And this emergence is described as a series of creatures. 
the leopard, the bear, the lion, with wings and destructive capabilities about them. And the creatures themselves represent nations. The lion of Babylon, the bear of the Medes and the, and the, the leopard of the Persians. Empires that rose, that claimed dominion, that to the eye walked like men, but note there is no humanity about these beasts. And so there's a double symbolism here of the fact that the nations of the world are the products of a certain unruly, chaotic power. And they themselves are not full and true expressions of what it is to be human. There is something bestial, something less than human about them, about the way they live, about the way they move. And the issue here is not a matter of racism or cultural criticism. The issue here is saying that all of those things that are ordered in worldly terms even when they are done by men and women, actually often serve to reduce human dignity rather than promote it, enhance it, or express it. And so there is something unruly, and one nation replaces another. One nation overturns another, and suddenly, out of the chaos, something even more horrifying emerges a beast unlike any of the others. And this beast destroys everything that is in front of it, until curiously we see it even begins to destroy itself. As this horn emerges that casts aside the other horns, and speaks with its own voice and looks out with its own eyes. And this odd, this odd emergence of something so violent it cannot be resisted, so strong it cannot be overcome, something about it being greater than even the unruly, disordered chaos of the other nations. And out of that comes something small and yet more wicked than anything else. What an interesting stopping point. And that stopping point, again, has multiple reference to it. On the one hand, historically, it is a reference to King Antiochus, who is the one who desecrated the temple in Jerusalem and attempted to exterminate the worship of Israel. This threat that was mighty, powerful and dangerous in a way that no other threat had been until that time, and a sense of how could this be overcome. But it also points further forward, because history didn't end with the writing of the book of the prophet Daniel. History has continued long beyond that, and so these visions, while they have certain historical reference to the time, also point toward our time. 
the way nations emerge from the chaos of the world. And in that emergence often create more chaos. That this struggle between peoples, whatever motivates it, easily tends to become something out of control, violent, beyond our ability to stop. We see that the waters are still agitated. And out of the unruly waters of chaos comes this unruly flood of human violence and sinfulness. And out of that, from time to time, emerges things that go well beyond our ability to stop or control. And it is this vision, this terrifying vision that the prophet has of a world beyond all control. And Imagine how small he felt seeing these things. How overwhelmed he felt seeing these things, these enormous realities, so dangerous, so powerful, so overwhelmingly great. And who could stop such things? And then suddenly, he says, the visions continue. They don't stop there. And this is important for us to recognize. As terrifying as this initial vision is, as frightened as any of us could be on any given day when we consider the reality of the world in which we live, the vision doesn't stop at that point. It's not a vision of simply see how bad things are. Rather, the vision continues and suddenly, no longer looking at the waters, one looks above them and a throne is set up. And on the throne is one ancient beyond all days. And before that throne are thousands upon thousands, myriads upon myriads, infinity upon infinity in a sense. And all of a sudden, the creatures emerging from the water seem very small. And that mighty ocean which produces such terror does not seem so big compared to the myriads upon myriads. Literally, a number beyond counting times a number beyond counting. Infinity upon infinity is what serves this other one. And as majestic as it is, note how gentle that is. There's no violence to be seen here. Simply authority, calm, imposing, and real. Undisturbed by the movement of those waters. And upon seeing that, then we see something else happens. We hear that the books are brought forward, for a moment of judgment arrives. And we see that as small as the prophet is, he notes that he has been given to see that there is one who is greater than the chaos of this world then there is one who in his greatness does not surrender to it, 
but will sit in judgment over it. And so the books are open. The books that record all the words that that little horn spits out of its mouth. All of the deeds and all of the destruction of those creatures. It has all been recorded. And when the time of recording these things is over, then the moment of judgment comes. And it is the judgment of the one on the throne that overcomes the beast that is so terrifying. It is the judgment of the one on the throne that limits and ends the power of the other creatures. And suddenly, one notes that as destructive and chaotic as the world can be, there is one whose authority is over this world. There is one who will bring about that moment of justice for the world. That moment may not be now, but the vision insists, but the moment is on the way. And the authority of the one is now. And as wondrous as that is, what do we hear? And then he says, and the visions continued. You wonder how long this night was. Because all of a sudden, there's another element to this. An element which is very important for those of us who stand on the doorstep of the season of Advent, who gather today in the afterglow of our celebration of Christ the King. Because we see that as the judgment on the world is pronounced, there's another who comes forward. He doesn't come out of the waters. He's not bestial like the creatures that came out of chaos. Rather, what do we hear? He is one like a son of man. He is one who bears the true face of humanity. Unlike the creatures, unlike the nations, who show only a distorted image of humanity, only a distorted image of what it is to be human, there is one who shows humanity its true face. There is one who comes forward who is the truth of human life. This one like a son of man. And this one truly human, and yet heavenly at the same time. This one who shows the world the true face of man is one to whom glory and power and dominion are to be given. And this one will rule in a truly human way, a kingdom that will have no end and lorded over a dominion that will not be taken from him because heaven has given it to him. What a remarkable vision that is, that the completion of all things involves the coming of that one like a son of man. And that one, truly human, gloriously heavenly is the one who will reign 
And his reign is a reign to look forward to because it will be a kingdom that has no chaos within it. It will be a kingdom not founded on the destruction of life and goodness, but the casting out of all that is evil so that it has no place. And so we see that in the midst of this vision that begins in such a horrifying way, there suddenly is a vision of a world in which those horrors have no place at all. And note how wondrous that is. And the prophet, as he writes this and shares this, communicates then to those who read his writings, this is where everything ends. This is how the story ends. This is where we are going. The chaos of the beginning does not determine the end. Rather, the end is what sets a limit on the chaos that we find around us. And so it is then that we have in our gospel reading today the voice of that one who is truly one like a son of man. And note how frequently in the Gospels Jesus refers to himself out of the language of the book of the prophet Daniel, the son of man. When the son of man comes, and he's not talking about somebody else, he's speaking about himself. And note then how wonderful it is for us to recognize on the one hand, while we wait for the glorious completion of all that Christ has begun, we also are those who are privileged, not by means of visions of the night, but by means of the church, to gaze upon that one who is one like a son of man, to whom dominion has already been given who already is glorious and mighty and whose kingdom, while not fully present in a manifest way on earth, has already begun to assert itself and will not be taken away from him. Because here in this place, on this altar, we'll hear those words, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And this is no vision of the night. This is real. And as we look up, even though the eyes of the body may not see him, the eye of faith will. And how wondrous that is. And I saw one like a son of man come forward. And to him are given dominion, and power, and glory, and a rule and a kingdom that shall never pass away nor ever be taken from him. How glorious that is. Daniel saw in a vision. We, we, not so holy as him, receive something he never had the chance to do we can gaze upon the presence of the one like a son of man. 
we can come forward and stretch out our hands and touch him and be touched by him. And when we do that, that is the glory we touch. And that is the one we receive. How wondrous indeed that is. And how great it is to reflect on these things on a first Friday here. When after Mass, that one like a son of man will be enthroned in the monstrance upon our altar. And through the afternoon, here, without needing visions of the night, we can see that one like a son of man who comes forward for the salvation of us all. Amen.